Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Zach Chris. I'm a teenage sports analyst and handicapper. And I, this is Scott Morganroth here at the Sports Exchanges. We welcome our uh, star handicapper, Zach Kurtz, to the broadcast. And Zach, glad to have you on the program tonight. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm really interested and what you've got to offer. So I'm glad that you love up the broadcast today. How's that sound? Sounds great. I'm happy to be here. All right. Well, anyway, Zach, why don't you let the audience know a lot about what you're doing? So this past June, I launched my own company and website called I Pick Wins, and my design was to get my expert analysis and predictions out to the public for free. So I was able to do this on my Instagram and website, ipickwins.com. And I was able to have the, the best success rate out of every sports handicapper. I was able to do 100% on college football picks, 90% of my NFL picks. I do MMA, boxing. And my main goal is to educate the public, and help people, and give out my expert analysis. Very good. Okay, now I'm sure you heard of the recent news that UFC 249 was canceled. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. So what do you, what's your take on that? It's something I expected. Uh, California is a uh, just face up what the politicians were saying. Their governor was saying it didn't sound like they were too interested in doing too much at the moment. They were trying to do it on a Seminole reservation type thing, and they thought they had a deal in place. But ultimately, they do work for ESPN and Disney now. It's a big change. They're a huge company. They didn't want the backlash to have them put on an event during this global pandemic. At least not the way it is right now. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people are sick. So it's not really a surprise to me. It's a disappointment as a fan. But as a human being, I understand it from Disney's perspective and ESPN's perspective. So are you telling me that Disney was the uh, major reason why they decided to pull the event? I know that anytime you do something on tribal land, that it is exempt. Is it more of a public backlash or anything that caused this event to uh, be canceled? Yeah. Uh, they, had, they had politicians in California not uh, publicly saying they don't agree with it. They have a lot of backlash from people. And what really did them in, I think, was the fact that where the event was being was taking place got uh, leaked to the public. So originally they weren't going to ex- disclose exactly where it was going to be or even the state, and then the public got a hold of where it was going to be, so people started asking them not to hold the event, and then ESPN got wind of it, received the backlash, and ultimately they have the final say. Yeah, I know it's amazing, too, on Get Up. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Mike Greenberg went ahead and had Dana White on. And he tried to get it out of white, and white was as solid as it can be. But you know what? Zach, in this day and age, you know what? Things are going to get out whether you like it or not, and it's just the way it is. And uh, But I think, in, in all in all, I commend Dana White for wanting to do the event, uh, but the timing was definitely not appropriate for it to uh, occur. So, all right, let's tell uh, our audience out here, and you're listening to the, to the Sports Exchange here on the South Florida Tribune Broadcasting Network. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tribune South, on Instagram at South Florida Tribune, as well as Facebook South Florida Tribune as well. So, all right, Zach, let's proceed and give people more uh, 
information about your website and what you're trying to get done with it in a bit more detail. So iPickWins.com was designed, it was actually supposed to be, originally supposed to be a school project. I never quite expected to take off the way I did and uh, receiving thousands of clicks on the website, hundreds of thousands of followers on the Instagram. And really, I give out my picks for free. They call me Miss Exact. That's my nickname. That's my alias. And I've been, and I'm actually the number one sports handicap, at least this past season, as far as uh, record prediction number. I started off the year 15 and 0, and I I pick the game straight up. You know, I don't do money spread. I don't encourage anybody to gamble. It's just my picks. It's just who I think's gonna win. And I give out detailed analysis and videos on who I think's gonna win on my website, iPickWins.com. Are you able to draw any income off of this, or how do you generate your income? I can't imagine someone like you would just go out there and give it for free without any financial benefit. Right now, the picks are 100% free as of now. Um, I'm good on the money side, but this this upcoming year, I am planning on launching my own daily fantasy sports website called ipickthegame.com, and I have a lot of unique, fun stuff that's going to be on this website that's not like, it's not like any other. So that's what I'm working on right now. It's going to be up and running for this upcoming NFL season. How did you get into this, Zach? Well, to be honest, I've always loved sports since I was a little kid. My father has always worked in the boxing business since I was a very small child. When I was four years old, my dad managed Shannon the Cannon Briggs, and he was able to capture a world heavyweight title. And uh, I've always grew up in boxing gyms. The famous trainer, Manuel Stewart, used to sleep in my house. And uh, I always loved sports. When I was little, instead of watching SpongeBob, I would watch Sports Center. I would get up, eat cereal, and watch Sports Center for five hours a day. I would try to remember every player for every team, look up every ranking, look up every statistic. I would play Madden and look at the rosters and the ratings and just try to analyze why I think each team is better than the other. I, my dad would take me to boxing matches. I would always watch boxing, hang out with boxers. And uh, I've always loved combat sports, football. I always played football and basketball. So it's always just been my number one passion since I was a very, very small child. Yeah, combat sports are interesting. I have a pretty steep background, too. I remember working with Angelo Dundee many years ago. I took photos with James Tony, Muhammad Ali, let's see, Sugar Ray Leonard are some of my favorites, and, of course, Chuck Webner as well. So, uh, you know, I remember ESPN when it was launched in 1979 and with all the originals there. And for a lot of years, they had top-ranked boxing on there. And, you know, it, to me, I, I don't know, it's too bad that boxing doesn't have enough matches to keep it more relevant except when it's on there periodically because the history of boxing is just unbelievable. It really is. No no disrespect towards MMA, but it is the new kid on the block. Boxing has the Joe Lewis's, Rocky Marciano's, and the beat goes on and on. So, But anyway, yeah. so tell me about your experiences with Shannon Briggs and some of the other ones. So that's actually part of the lore for Ipic Wins, specifically the Instagram, is that on my page, you're not going to know who you're going to see next, all the different celebrities and athletes I've gotten the opportunity to meet. And, uh, yeah, so Shannon Briggs is a guy I, I grew up with. Um, he's an amazing guy, amazing friend of mine and my dad's. And my dad has been his manager since 2006. They were able to capture the World Heavyweight title. My dad was also managing Jamil McLean at the time, a top heavyweight, who fought for the title against Vladimir Klitschko. 
And uh, through Shannon, I've gotten to meet some awesome people, and through some other opportunities, um, I got to hang out and meet uh, Bernie Kozar and Dan Marino this this past month. I was able to do some awesome stuff at the Super Bowl. And uh, with Shannon, he was actually training a top social influencer, Logan Paul, for his upcoming boxing match against KSI, and they were able to sell out the Staples Center and put on the most viewed DAZN uh, broadcast the whole year. And, prob- and the most viewed boxing match for the whole year. Shannon trained Logan, and I was able to hang out with him and some other guys and really combine the sports picks with the social influence, which I think is a big one because it's important specifically to get boxing out to kids and teach them about the value of it and the rich history of it and the tradition of it as a sport that's been around for so many years. Have you ever been asked by ESPN or some of these other networks to come on any broadcast or anything? I would think with your... Uh, knowledge and intellect and passion for it that they can use somebody like you to provide a uh, younger perspective to the millennial audience. I've had some talks with the Zone. I did a little broadcast with them. I wasn't quite 18 yet though, so I'm still expanding the horizons, getting my name out there. I've talked to some people at the Ringer. Um, the opportunities have come, but right now I'm still very young. I'm scouting my opportunities, and uh, we'll see what happens with my upcoming Daily Fantasy site. And I'm looking forward to writing some great articles and doing some great things with the South Florida Tribune. Well, we're, we're really, really excited to have you. So I've got to put you on the spot. Give me a list of your top five fighters. My top five current boxers? No, I, you gotta, I'm not going to get you off the hook. You're hanging around with all these people. You give me a top five of all time. And then we'll okay. start promoting your stories ahead of time when I start getting them on a regular basis as we um, uh, get you involved more and more. But I gotta—I have to hit you with a top five. And then, you know what, Zach, to be fair to you, I'll let you give me the top current ones. How does that? you got five and five. Go that ahead. That sounds great. Go ahead. So the top five greatest, in my opinion, no order. Muhammad Ali, the greatest. He was the guy who moved like a middleweight, but he was a heavyweight. So inspirational and really the most influential boxer of all time, no doubt about it. One of the most influential athletes of all time. He is the greatest. And then, of course, Floyd Mayweather, the best ever, able to go 50-0 against some steep, steep competition, undefeated in championship fights, was never knocked down, was never seriously injured. In my opinion, the most dominant boxer. If you want to talk about the hardest to beat, it's Floyd Mayweather, the greatest, Muhammad Ali. Sugar Ray Robinson, incredible career. When you really look at durability and ability to keep on fighting and winning, Sugar Ray Robinson is definitely number one. That guy had over 200 fights. He never stopped fighting. He was a, well, an absolute legend and a guy I never got to watch, but anyone who did get to watch him swears that he is the absolute best ever, and I wish we could get some more footage of him so I could really get to analyze him and get to watch him up closer, but that's okay. I have George Foreman up there. George Foreman, tremendous power, tremendous chin. He was able to do it up until his very late 40s. He was able to have some great, great battles with some of the all-time best heavyweights, and in my opinion, you can't have a top boxing list without a guy like George Foreman. And then number five, it's really tough because boxing has been a sport that's been around for so many years. It's a sport that has been around for over 100 years. So do you rank a guy like Harry Grab with so many fights, but it's not on, but you can't watch it somehow? Right. Yeah, right. Or do you rank a guy like Manny Pacquiao who was able to capture world titles in eight different weight classes? It's Julio Cesar. But I think I'm going to have to go with Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. He started off his career 89 and 0 so tough, such a warrior, and an all-time great Mexican fighter. Interesting. Okay. 
well, you know what we're going to have to do is just bring you on as a boxing analyst, and then, then the time comes, I'll incorporate you into football because you know what I don't. I would love to give this sport so much attention since you've been brought up with the whole thing. Uh, you know what you've got my wheels turning, and being from the Motor City, doesn't take a whole lot to get my wheels turning, Zach. That's for sure. I mean, the other stuff that you have intrigues me. We'll talk about that as time goes on, but we're going to put you on the boxing thing and put you on the spot right away. There's always room for you, on, especially when it comes to the sweet science. So, yeah. so go ahead. Talk about some of your other things that you have going on. You've got um, about another 10 more minutes to go. Yeah, so my other things I've got going on, um, this past January, I was able to go up to um, where Jake Paul was training, the social influencer. He had a boxing match in a, a huge bout. This was about that. The, the clip of it has over 10 million views, I believe, on YouTube. Jake Paul has over 20 million subscribers on YouTube. He's one of the top social influencers. And he had a match, um, and I was able to go up with him, predict the match, me and him are friends. And uh, after the Super Bowl, things started to slow down significantly. And, of course, this national pandemic now, there hasn't been much to predict. Honestly, the last big bout we had was, uh, was Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, too. That was an amazing fight. Terrific. Tyson Fury is, in my opinion, the absolute best heavyweight in the world right now. The things he was able to do in that fight was phenomenal. Everyone was doubting him. I was actually at a party hosted by me, and uh, this was to raise money for Be Like Britain, the country of Haiti. And uh, we had many pro boxers there. Shannon Briggs, Jamil McCline, uh, former five-time world champion Corey Spinks, legendary street fighter Dada 5000. And uh, every single one picked Deontay Wilder, every single person there, and uh, I was the only person to pick Tyson Fury, and uh, everyone was so shocked when Fury was able to overcome him like that, and I just think Fury's a phenomenal champion. All right, so my question to you, with that said, okay, they're they're headed toward a rematch, so now you have a draw, and you have, that was an impressive win, I should say, for, uh, was it uh, Fury, you're saying? So, yeah. how does Act 3 turn out? I'm going to say it on the air right now. As Go ahead. of now, I see absolutely nothing changing. I think, if anything, it'll be easier for Tyson Fury in the next fight. He was just getting incorporated with the Kronk style, working with Sugar Hill. He'd only been working on it for three months. I can only imagine how good he's going to be with all this time to learn. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been watching Deontay Wilder's career for a long time. I haven't seen the guy improve as much as I thought initially. Tyson Fury is the absolute most skilled boxer. I think he's figured out Deontay Wilder. When you back him up, his footwork becomes sloppy. He doesn't really know what to do. He's used to being the bully. He's not used to being bullied. Right. And I think Tyson Fury exposed his biggest weakness. Yeah, didn't he really? I mean, I watched that fight, and uh, my goodness, I think that. Now, so do you think Deontay Wilder took that fight a little bit lightly, though? Uh, I, I think he trained really hard. I One thing about Deontay Wilder I cannot take away from him is I've never seen him come into a fight unless he was in tremendous shape. You can't say that about most heavyweight boxers. There's a tradition sometimes where they overeat a little bit. We've seen it with Andy Ruiz. We saw it with Buster Douglas back in the day. A lot of them don't have the greatest discipline. But Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, those are guys that I've never seen come into fights unless they're in the absolute best shape. And the only thing I've heard about Deontay Wilder is that he's a tremendously hard worker. I just... And the way he uh, didn't anticipate Tyson Fury to walk forward, I don't think he anticipated his hands to be that powerful, even though he's a gigantic man, of course. 
I just don't think he took his power seriously. I think he thought he was going to go in there and land that patented right hand he's been able to land on everybody else. Okay, well, we're talking about boxing, and we have another seven minutes or so to go. Let's have a little bit of fun with this and talk about favorite boxing movies that you have. Give me your top ten. My top ten boxing movies? Yeah, why not? I don't know if I've watched ten. All right, well, give but, me your uh, – well, so let me rephrase the question. Rocky is the absolute best, though. Okay, well, that's fine. So you got four or five more or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> or, or you know what? I got a better idea. Rate the Rocky movies, and you also have the Creed uh, ones as well. Rate them in the order that you think they are. We'll simplify this one. How's that? Okay. Go if ahead. Remembering correctly, I think Rocky Two was the best. Rocky One was second. Rocky Three was third, and Rocky Four was terrible. That's when he was trying to be an old man and fight. Um, I love. I Rocky is probably one of the greatest movies of all time. And the first two are amazing. And uh, Creed 1 and 2 pleasantly surprised me. When I originally heard the idea, I did not think they would be anywhere near what they were. And uh, The Raging Bull is another amazing movie that really encapsulated Jake LaMotta as a boxer and a man. You know, n not a good guy by any means, but I think Robert De Niro did a fantastic job in that movie. And another boxing movie I really liked is uh, Cinderella Man. I thought that was a, a great movie about a boxer that's not talked about too much. And it's not necessarily uh, the most talked about movie like these other ones, but I think that's another great one as well. Right. But I'd say Rocky is the all-time best. And uh, the story about how Sloan was inspired by Muhammad Ali's fight against Chuck Wepner is also an amazing story in itself. Well, I had an opportunity to meet Chuck Wepner a long time ago. And at some point, I, I think I've got Chuck's number. I'll have to reach out to him sometime. But, yeah, Rocky One obviously, is where it got started. I actually have to tell you, though, I enjoyed Rocky for because it was the us versus uh, them. Uh, United States, Soviet Union was certainly a high one. You know, I don't know why I didn't really like uh, Rocky Three that much. I think Rocky Five is the worst one. Because that's what I got mixed up with. I thought Rocky Four is Rocky Five. Right, no, that's, like that's okay. Four, no, Rocky that's fine. Yeah, Rocky Five though, it describes exactly what you're talking about, where he was too old and got beat up and he was training yep. Tommy Morrison and all that. No, it doesn't Rocky matter. Listen, you got a mulligan for that with all this stuff you've hit me with. I don't even care about that. Don't worry about it. So, But then I think they had another uh, Rocky where Adrian had died, and then he was, uh, at that particular point, had a restaurant. And, uh, and then people were going out right and left. So, <coughs> But I think the one with Tommy Morrison was by far and away the worst. I, I didn't like that. I w three was okay, you know, and uh, but, you know, anytime you get Carl Weathers involved, I still like the friendship that they created, and it shows the respect that two rivals had. So that kind of depicts a real life of what boxing relationships are really right. So it's no big deal. I mean, the reality is, is you know, when you weren't even born when Rocky One came out, all you can do is just look at it later on. I mean, obviously, uh, AMC and a lot of the other movie channels play them all the time, so you can formulate your own opinion. And I haven't had a chance to watch. I think I saw one Creed one, but I don't think I saw the other one. And uh, but boxing does—they do have some incredible movies, without a doubt. So, uh, so uh, you only have about two or three minutes to go, and we'll have some more fun with this. This is just the intro. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Production folks to Zach Hirsch will be. We look forward to having him on more broadcasts here in the South Florida Tribune Broadcasting Network. So when you talk about boxing, give me the sports that you like the most in terms of just liking them. Where does boxing rank? Or for that matter, give me the top uh, four or five sports that you really like. Well, football as, as was really my first love. Um, that's a sport that I loved to play growing up and watch. So I think uh, the fact that I was able to play it and watch it really took a big toll on it. I, I always loved the John Madden football video games. Uh, I'm a big Madden player. I always have been. So uh, And then boxing and MMA are right in there. I mean, I, those are two sports that I've always watched since I was a little kid. Right. And uh, there's something, that, something about combat sports that's different for me. It creates a different atmosphere, a different feeling in my stomach before it starts. Right. It's really a life-or-death situation that's unlike any other sport. And then uh, I've always loved basketball. Basketball is a sport I've always loved to play and watch. I got to see the Miami Heat win three championships right. as a Heat fan. That was amazing. Um, growing up, I loved Kobe Bryant. I used to wear a Kobe Bryant jersey to school every day, and uh, I loved seeing him win his championships later on with Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom and all those guys. And I've always liked tennis. I grew up, my dad's a big lover of racket sports. Mm -hmm. We've always watched uh, my favorite tennis player, Rafael Nadal. He's always been my favorite. He's an incredible player, so fast, so strong, and uh, the absolute best clay court player to ever live. Well, I will say this, okay, that being around your dad the whole time and just hanging out with him, uh, that's an easy way to really have a passion right away. I mean, I got into the sports business when my dad had a sporting goods store and he played uh, softball and used to take me to a lot of events back home in Detroit. So if you're hanging around your father, it just wears on you. And that's where you develop the passion and the energy for what you do there. we got about two more minutes left in the, uh, with your segment, your first one. So I'll give you the floor in terms of how people can get a hold of you and then we'll uh, figure out when you're going to come on the program next when I talk to you probably tomorrow. So go out there and let people know how they can get a hold of Zach Hirsch. Uh, Zach Hirsch, he's on uh, at iPickWins on Instagram. I have been able to mess over 220,000 people. So people are loving what they're seeing. I provide a blend of expert sports analysis, the best sports picks, and a healthy dose of me and celebrities. You get to see all different types, me and Floyd Mayweather, me and Dave Chappelle, uh, me and all types of different people. And then my website is iPickWins.com, and that's just for my content. That's where all my picks are up. And it's in the name I Pick Wins. I can only imagine how many photos you have with these guys. I'm sure that you'd probably kill a hard drive. Yeah, I figured that. I'd just be glad that you're in a point where everything's digital because if you had to develop films, Zach, uh, it would cost you an arm and a leg. But thankfully, you came along late in the game. If I told you how many photos I didn't get because I uh, 
didn't have a digital camera. You couldn't count that high, and neither could I. But nevertheless, Zach, first act here. Great first act, act here on the Sports Exchange. Looking forward to bringing you on again, and uh, thank you for being with us tonight. All right, Zach? Thank you very much. Uh, my pl- oh, well, don't worry. I'm looking forward to it again. Mark my word. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Zach Hirsch, everybody. You, you know, one of my, the goals that I actually have right now is to try to get more and more boxing people involved. I won't want to get into some of the things that I'm working on now until they come closer to fruition. But I got to tell you, when I uh, got a referral about Zach Hirsch, I was certainly interested in finding out about him. But when you have a person that has a Twitter, or rather a Instagram following of 227,000 people, that's unbelievable. I mean, but, you know, I, I have to commend a lot of people that when you hang around your father, there's no way that you cannot get absorbed in what, he, in what you're doing. And, again, my dad and I had a lot of good times growing up as a kid, and I'm sure that I'm speaking for a lot of people like that as well. So, meanwhile, uh, in a few moments, I'm looking forward to having Damon Knight uh, on the broadcast, and then we're going to cap off this uh, broadcast with Bill Winters. So, great show lined up. And then afterwards, on our second hour of the Sports Exchange, we have a good football show lined up with Steve Ballesteri, who uh, actually covers the New England Patriots, and David Levin will be on with us as well. So, got a great lineup tonight, and I'm continuing to work around the clock to go ahead and get us the best possible guests that we can to keep this broadcast interesting, fresh, and up to current events. So, meanwhile, uh, just so you know, if you want to get a hold of us at South Florida Tribune, Feel free to check out the website at www.southfordatribune.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Tribune South. We have a Facebook page, uh, uh, the South Florida Tribune, and we're also on Instagram. My personal uh, account for Twitter is Scoop of Five Threes. And folks, you know the one thing that we aim here to do on the broadcast, as well as throughout the network, is our goal is to make sure that you have the best quality entertainment that we can provide. All we ask you to do out there is please be safe. Don't make regretful decisions. Take COVID-19 seriously. This is something that we've never seen before when you talk about a pandemic. And, you know, I, I read so many stories on social media about individuals that didn't protect themselves and also the tragic stories about the first responders that are trying to help these people. And, you know, if you want to email us here, feel free to send all your emails and feedback to uh, southfordtribune at gmail.com. The one person that we could not get this thing done without is my lovely wife, Candy Ebling. She is the glue that keeps this operation together, and I'm proud of all the work that we try to work on together, and I'm very happy with the progress we made on the Broadcasting Network, but by all means, we still have a long ways to go to get where we're looking to do. So if you're looking to go ahead and listen to some of our old broadcasts, you can do so by going to the podcasting section on the SouthFloridaTribune.com. And also, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you can go and get your uh, podcast. So, off to a really nice start tonight. And as I said, boxing is a sport that I've been brought up with my whole life. My first major project was with Muhammad Ali. I don't think you get any bigger than that. I wanted wanted to go ahead and have another great project. Sugar Ray Leonard isn't a bad one either. So, uh, with all with all due respect, the sweet science is a sport that unfortunately I wish there were more events. 
because the sport is certainly uh, stacked with a lot of tradition. You talk about Mike Tyson for a while, Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfield. I've seen fights out in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. I've seen them over at Caesars, and those are some unbelievable venues to see it. And I can only imagine how much better the fight game gets when you know we start to see a lot more fights. So, but ESPN did a good job uh, putting boxing on the map for the public with their top ranked series, and they've got a, again there are a lot of great uh, boxing commentators. Again, one of my favorite trainers of all time has been Angelo Dundee, and he helped me get Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Leonard. So, good show lined up. I'm looking forward to Damon Knight coming on any moment. He's going to talk about Al Kaline. And speaking of da Damon Knight, I want to welcome South Florida Tribune correspondent Damon Knight to the broadcast. And Damon, first of all, before you even come on the broadcast, I want to wish you a happy birthday, Damon. Thank you. Thank you, Scoop. Yeah, yeah, big 2-7, uh, two yeah. Big 2-7, so, my goodness. I'm yeah. double your age and a few years prior. So what have you been yeah. doing to celebrate your birthday, Mr. Knight? Uh, working like always. You know, I uh, woke up today, I bought a Harry Potter puzzle, I finished that, and then um, around 5 o'clock left for here, I got here, and uh, just been doing my board operating job and just waiting until uh, I can go. So, well, What radio station do you represent back in Detroit? station at 103.5 okay well yep. unfortunately the purpose of this broadcast isn't one that really care that i particularly like the theme because unfortunately one of our heroes of all time al kaline passed away however with that said you wrote a story for the south florida yes, I tribune so yep. i'd like you to let our uh, listeners know a lot about what you uh, came up with when you put it out there yeah uh so yeah al kaline was just an icon somebody that cannot be a sportsman not hero and he was just one of those stand-up people he was humble he was re he was well respected he was a team player he was the ultimate gentleman he could talk to anybody and just treat him with the utmost respect and he was kind and generous that was one of the main things that was highlighted when they interviewed like players like justin verlander dave dombrowski and asked them what what stands out to you most and they said kindness and generosity and he did that very well in his personal life and on the field you know he was a man of like great great achievements he won uh the al batting title in 1953 at age 20 with an average of 340 and he had 10 golden gloves in right field he had a fielding percentage of 0.987 he also won the world series title in 68 the Roberto Clemente uh, Award uh, in 1973, and then he retired the following year. So, and you know his Hall of Fame uh, inauguration in 1980, and then he had the you know his number retired. So yeah, just a man of just great respect and great achievement. Just a well well-rounded person. Yeah, he sure was. I had the opportunity to meet yep. Al Kaline a couple of times. I once talked to him yes. in spring training, although it was hard to always do it because you never knew where he was at in places where I couldn't find him or get in the, to the clubhouse. But nevertheless, I did talk to him once. I never took a photo with him because, you know, he had to yeah. be careful uh, with the PR people. However, Candy Ebling did take a photo of him and Jim Leland. So Kaline uh -huh. and Jim Leland were really close. So talk, talk about the local reaction about Al Kaline. I mean... I'm sure that, you know, that this will go on for quite a long time. 
Yeah, it's much like the Kobe Bryant situation where it was a worldwide thing. He was so respected by everybody. You know, everybody's in a state of sadness right now, given the COVID situation. But yeah, everybody recognizes that he passed away, and it's it's really sad. It's something different from Kobe Bryant. You know, he's so respected. Um, like I said said earlier about how he was respected, he was humble. He's you know a team player, ultimate gentleman. You know, so anytime a person like that passes away, you tend to notice because he left a big impact on the world. Sure did. I remember when Gordy Howe passed away. And uh, obviously that was huge in the Metro Detroit area. I don't think that you can have two bigger giants, especially in the last yeah. several years, uh, than Gordie Howe and Al Kaline. I mean, these two here personify Detroit is what they yeah. really and did. Ernie Harwell, too, as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, God, Ernie Harwell is one of my all-time favorites. So yeah. with that said, okay, yeah, let me get into a great Ernie Harwell story. And Ernie Harwell, to me, you know, he was like an uncle to me, a mentor and a lot of things and, and a friend. And I remember many, many times when I was going ahead and I had, I, I, we'd go on the road, I would always take Ernie back to his hotel. And I enjoyed driving him because, you know, he always gave me insights about life and all kinds of things. And it was just, to me, way too surreal. But tonight belongs to Al Kaline. So, you know, give me more reaction about uh about everything in general about Al? Just that, you know, you watch his highlights, you see that he was a really passionate person that loved baseball with all his heart. That's what I got from just interviews, listening to John Keating talk about him. He just loved baseball. That's all he wanted to do. And giving all of his achievements, going into the Hall of Fame was like his, that was like his ultimate, like that was like his, you know, if he had a top ten list, that was his number one. And he just he just said that he would never deliberately do anything to hurt the game of baseball or the Tigers in any way. You know, you look at him rejecting that huge contract over, I think it was like 100000 or something like that, and he rejected it. He felt like he didn't deserve that. You know, he felt like he a player should not be worth that much, you know, because it's just a simple game. But, you know, nowadays it's like that's that's a joke compared to other people's other players' salaries, but that just shows the kind of man that he was. He was just humble, you know, oh. no matter what the situation was. Well, that $100,000 that he ended up getting translates into over $600,000 yeah, <laughs> during yeah. this time. It's amazing exactly what it was. But, yeah, I, like I said, my dealings with Al, like everybody on the planet, if you've been around Al Kaline, you certainly definitely know that – you, you know, he's just a one-of-a-kind type of person. And don't forget, we can't forget that he had an incredible Game 6 against the St. Louis yes. Cardinals in 1968. So of all the stats that you saw as you looked at K-Line, which one stands out to you the most? The one that stands out to me the most, I would say the 10 Golden Gloves. Just It just shows the dominance at that position. You know what I mean? You get very few players nowadays that completely dominate for a long period of time in that singular position. You know, when I think greatest catcher right now, I think of Buster Posey. Or if you think pitching, you think Clayton Kershaw because he's won three or four seconds in a row. And, yeah, just that. And, you know, not winning enough. You know, he won one World Series. I'm surprised he didn't, you know, win more giving – not just him and the other players that were around him. I'm surprised by that. 
Well, but, but definitely and, the 10 gold gloves. In 1971, though, the Tigers came very close, but they fell short to the Oakland A's in a five-game series. So that would yes. have been a second opportunity. At that time, Billy Martin was a manager of the Detroit Tigers. And Billy took a team that was really fairly old and got it to really overachieve is really what he did. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can appreciate the tandem of George Kell and Al Kaline on the air for WDIV back then when yes. they were carrying Tigers games. I don't know if you were old enough to actually go ahead and uh, watch those games or whether they've actually gone ahead and shown them back in Detroit because, again, obviously I'm not there anymore, so I don't know how much stuff they're showing. But with what do you have, Fox Sports? Are they replaying any yeah. of his old uh, broadcasts or anything? I imagine that they got to be yes. filling the airwaves with all kinds uh, of K-Line material. Yes, they've been playing a lot of like uh, games from like the 1990s. I, I saw the other day, I was at my buddy's house, and uh, I noticed that they were showing the Tigers versus the uh, Kansas City Royals, and uh, uh, the date was like May 20-something of 1990, and I was like, wow. So, I, you know, I've never seen uh, Tiger Stadium full of fans because I was, you know, old enough, you know, to go to those games. I was kind of born a little bit after, and then... Uh, Comerica Park came up in 2005. Right. So I never really got to go to a game, but uh, but yeah, it was exciting, and and you know, it's such a rich stadium, you know, with all its history. And then uh, I didn't realize that Al Kaline was that heavily involved in broadcasting after his career, and I was really blown away by that. Um, well, that's where that thing called age stands out. So another question for you: When you look at the legacy of Al Kaline. I know the Illiches were very creative when they put together a statue, but the statue that they put together was K-Line's defensive abilities and the way he yes. used to rob uh, players, uh, hitters of home runs, especially with that short uh, right field uh, porch out in uh, Tiger Stadium. What are your thoughts about a guy that gets a statue erected, let alone the fact that it is a defensive statue? I just think it show it goes to show you like how dominant he was. Like like I just said, like with the ten golden gloves, that that was like that is why. And just not only that, just his personality that got him that statue, his his building percentage, everything he stood for. That's why he's that's why it's there. That's that's why I think that's all I think most people remember about him about his baseball career was his defensive play rather than his offensive. And so, you know, the uh, defense wins championships and and that that's still that's that that statement is still true to this day in my opinion with any any sports as far as like baseball or hockey or anything that goes yeah i i think so i i think that when you talk about the gold standard with al kayla and i once did ask him a long time ago did he regret not hitting that 400th home run he told me he did but at that time but he said i'm not going to second guess what i did i left when i felt i had to do and the 3,000 hits mattered more. I think one of the stats that stands out to me, however, is he got 3,000 hits and 1,500 RBIs. He's one of seven people to do it with one franchise. Yeah. Yeah, that, to me, is unbelievable. Jimmy against Baltimore. Yeah, I was uh, listening to your podcast uh, before I did this, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I was blown away by that, too, that a hometown kid got his 3,000th hit there. So that was In pretty Baltimore, sweet. Yeah, off Dave McNally, yeah. that's for sure. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, because, again... Now, uh, it's amazing, too, and the Tigers and the Baltimore Orioles were rivals for many, many years in the American League East until, obviously, they changed. Detroit moved on to... Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Uh, went, uh, to the Central Division, and they had the new rivals, so the rivalry yeah. goes back. I've, I've often viewed that rivalry amongst any of those teams was pretty good. Uh, give me, I wanted to give me some closing thoughts, and then we'll let everybody know how they can get reach out. Yeah, and I, I didn't get to see Al Kaline, but it would probably have been really cool to see him play. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people looked up to him in some sort of way, and he's just a legend. You know, just somebody that, like, you, you can't not love. You know, he's like Michael Jordan for basketball. Right. You know, Steve Eisner for hockey, he just – can't miss it. Um, yeah, just uh, it's saddening. You know, you need to see somebody like this go away. You know, forever. So, uh, you know, it, just such a great example of what a baseball player should be. Okay, uh, we got another uh, minute or two to go in your uh, yeah. segment. So, why don't you let people know, Damon, how they can get reach out to you? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, uh, Damon Knight. I'll be under uh, a black and white photo with a microphone. Uh, Twitter, it's uh, at Damon with a capital D, capital K N, 1993. You also can find me on the South Florida Tribune. Just type in Damon Knight, and you'll find my stories. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then follow us on Spreaker. Yeah, we have Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google. You know, and again, the thing I really enjoyed about you that I, I have to let the audience know that what impresses me most about what you bring to the table editorially is the fact that you go after particular trends. I don't limit you just to write uh, stories in the Detroit area. And I think that's good because you need to be well-rounded and yes. about everything uh, because nowadays in a digital era, people are not relegated to a specific era. I mean, sure, you want to talk about your hometown sports. I get that in. You know, also, Damon is a member of the Detroit Sports Media, yes. a repre- uh, a, an organization for which I belong to as well, along with uh, my longtime colleague, George Eichhorn, as well. So I know you had an opportunity to go out there and go to an event. Obviously, you know full well that you're, it's your responsibility for your own self to, to yes. get to as many as you can. The pandemic thing is certainly going to make it difficult for now. But, you, the, but you've got a lot of other things. Any story ideas that you're thinking about uh, writing about pretty soon? Uh, thinking about next, um, I'm just waiting on like when when Cam Newton's gonna sign with the team. Um, I might do something on uh, the latest uh, uniforms that are being released in the NFL. I know Tampa Bay did theirs a couple of days ago, and then the Atlanta yesterday. Uh, so something like that, something something uh, new and something uh, fresh. Yeah. Well, just keep scouting around. We always look forward to uh, seeing your articles and getting them up there. I certainly believe in my mind that. I don't let my, I give my writers all the necessary flexibility that they need to get because after all, I brought them on for a reason, not to micromanage you, but to give you an opportunity to find out what you have to do at crunch time. But meanwhile, Damon, I'm so glad that you came on the broadcast Thank tonight. You. And I want to once again wish you a happy birthday and Thanks, hope that uh, you have many, many more. But I'm so proud of the progress you've made. But 
Uh, the one thing I've always told you, self-evaluate and continue to get better because I think, in my opinion, the sky's the limit for you. I will do Thank everything you. in my power to help you get where you need to go. But thanks for being Thank on the you. Sports Exchange and enjoy you. what's left of your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And we will Thank talk you. soon. Yeah. Good night, yeah. Damon. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Bye. All right, Damon Knight, everybody. And, again, he's one of my young guys that I really enjoy bringing on the broadcast every time we get a chance to do it. And I'm really proud of the progress he's made, but I think he'll be the first to admit that nobody should ever go ahead and feel comfortable with what you're doing. It's always good to self-evaluate yourself, but not to a point where it affects your confidence at all. Once again, folks, I can't emphasize this enough. Please go out there and be safe and keep yourself out of harm's way. It's not worth risking your life over this COVID-19 pandemic. We don't know how long this is going to take place at all. I get that. But if you please wear a mask every time you get out in public. It is so, so necessary to do that. You never know when you can get this virus. And if you do, it, it gets nasty. And if you're out there, please wear a mask, protective gloves, and anything that you can do to avoid the necessary things that would come down to it. Once again, you're listening to Sports Exchange on the South Florida Tribune Broadcasting Network. And we have a lot of great shows here on the network. <clears throat> and we'll have another edition of the Sports Exchange as well. So, you know, we, we I'm really proud of what we've done on the network. And there's no question that our goal is to continue to make the product better. So... If you ever want to reach out to me, you feel free to call my cell phone number at 954-304-4941, 954-304-4941. If I don't pick up the phone, please leave a voicemail, and I'll be more than happy to go out there and try to get back to you. Again, we have a lot of great uh, things to look at. Uh, one of the things I love about our publication is that we have Reuters involved. Some of our media distribution partners include the Miami Marlins locally, the Miami Dolphins, the Florida Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, just to name a few of some of the local colleges that we work with, Florida Atlantic University, Lynn University. I'm proud of the relationship we have with my alma mater, the University of South Florida, and we're, we're glad to have the Florida Gators on the team as well. You know, the Gators undoubtedly are one of the biggest universities in the state, and any time you have a following such as the Gators who do draw well when they come to South Florida, that Gator alumni base is truly incredible. We also have content coming in from the Daytona International Speedway. I'm very proud of the fact that we have content coming in from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. So, again, you know, I don't care where it comes in as long as it's ethical. And we feel that we can promote younger athletes as well as some of the, uh, as, as well as the established ones. That's what this is all about. And, you know, if there's any ideas that you have about content you want on the show, feel free to go to SouthFloridaTribune.com. We do have a uh, suggestion box out there. We'll be more than happy to look at those ideas, evaluate them. If we can go out there and make them work, we will do everything in our power to make them work. Some of the great guests that we bring on here are Michael Keller, you know, our football guest. We also have Mel Farr comes on. Mark Lattell is one of my favorite guests. I've worked with Mark for a long, long time. I don't think there, there's a more colorful person out there than Mark Lattell. When it comes to talking about baseball, it's one thing, but you know, Mark Lattell has a very impressive product called 
at Nutty Buddy, uh, which talks about protective gear below the abdomen. And Mark is certainly one of our favorite guests. Some of our regular contributors include Rick Curdy and David Levin. These guys work tirelessly throughout the network and to be on in many ways, and they contribute hard. We will be bringing on some new uh, shows. Get re ready for previews of the South Florida Tribune podcast. I'm very proud to uh, bring on Lynn LaSalle. She'll be on there with us providing a non-sports perspective with what we do. Lynn is consistent every single Monday, and I'm looking forward to the energy that she's going to bring uh, to the broadcast. So uh, we're looking forward to bringing on 108 Stitches Baseball Talk, and that'll be our version of Monday Night Baseball. David Levin and I are looking to go ahead and keep this fresh, and I also want to give a nice shout-out to my uh, longtime colleague, George Eichhorn, for the contributions he's had. And I wouldn't be in the journalism business without the help of my mentor, Tony DeMarco. In life, you can never have enough good mentors out there. And Tony, you're certainly one of the best, and I can't thank you enough. I had an opportunity to connect with a couple of people this afternoon. One of my great friends and colleagues, Rick Green, who used to be with the Deerfield Beach Chamber of Commerce, and he, or not, or Deerfield Beach Observer, excuse me, and he worked with the Pompano Beach Chamber of Commerce. And another person who's going to get some more time will be Coach Mike Jarvis, who I had an opportunity to work at Florida Atlantic University. And Mike and I are very, very good friends. I'll start to preview a lot more of the involvement that Mike will have down the road. But the guests that we continue to have on here, to me, are just sensational people. They really, really are. And Michael Santos is another mixed martial arts. He's my hockey expert. He's a person that we really uh, look to when the time comes. Uh, one of the guys that helped me get involved with this particular format was Jeff Edelman, a personal injury attorney uh, who, who uh, I met through the Coral Springs Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, these are the guys that uh, are all behind the scenes. Ron Renzi is another guy who's my legal correspondent, and he definitely is a uh, big part of what we've done. I love talking about auto racing. IMSA sends us a lot of great material as well. So, you know, lots of contributions all over the place. And to me, it's very good that we can be the most well-rounded uh, online publication. At a time where newspapers are going away, we take pride in the fact that we're trying to grasp the digital side of this as much as, that we, as we possibly can. And it, to me, it's vital that we can keep this continuity going so but meanwhile uh zach hirsch has done a good job damon knight brings it to you david levin and i just to preview our show later on today we're looking forward to introducing steve ballisteri uh later on david and i will talk with steve uh, steve is a member of the professional football writers association and is a writer for patsfans.com so you know feel free to contact me at 954-304-4941 if you have any questions. So we are really uh, looking forward to a lot of the things that we have in store. Another guy who I should point out who's a great young writer is Louis Adio Weiss. Louis, to me, has been a really good, strong contributor, and we're proud of the work that Louis does. We welcome our next guest, former New York Giants offensive lineman Bill Winters. And Bill, thanks for being on the broadcast. Glad to have you on. My pleasure, Scott. How are you tonight? I'm uh, doing fantastic. And, Bill, you know, 
we're gonna get we're gonna make it easy on you tonight and uh, talk about some light-hearted football stuff. And we're gonna lead off with uh, former NFL executive uh, said that Tua Tagovailoa has failed two physicals and had unknown wrist injuries. What's your take on that as we approach the draft, Bill? Well, um, if I'm a general manager, okay, um, I'm not going to draft him in the top ten. Uh, I think that sets well for some of the more established teams that may get a steal. He says he's healthy, uh, but until we get a chance to look at him, uh, uh, you know, with an MRI, which I think he's scheduled to do tomorrow in either Birmingham or Nashville, don't know more about the uh, extent of the injury. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to work him out. I'm going to hold on. You know, I'm going to send some guys down in the car and get him on the field and old school him and, and run him until uh, he drops and then run him again until he drops and run until again until he drops to see whether or not he is 100%. Because all this business of, uh, you know, sending videos out doesn't mean anything until you put the pads on. Uh, this is a very physical game. Uh, a lot of these college players, um, you know, it takes them a year or two to adapt uh, because they're playing against guys that are, you know, been in the league, you know, 27, 20 years, they fully developed. Uh, you know, he's still a pup, and, but he's got a lot of talent. But I just don't think uh, that right now that he, he's too risky a draft choice uh, to go in the top 10. No question about it, Bill. I mean, first of all, he had a hard time holding up in college, stick him up against a bunch of men. And if you think he was fragile then, I can only imagine how much more fragile he'll be in the pros. Yeah, that's what, uh, you know, now there might be somebody out there that takes a risk. Uh, but if I'm a general manager and you go ahead and draft a kid in the first round and he doesn't deliver, you're going to set back your franchise at least a couple of years. So, uh, you know, you're also investing a ton of money in a guy that may not produce. There's just too many unknowns here. Uh, so I think he's going to fall to the later rounds, but I think somebody might pick him up. I keep thinking the win-win might get him, but I think somebody will draft him before that. Uh, but I don't think he's going to the top ten. No, you know what, Bill? I couldn't agree with you more. I really can't. I mean, Tua to me, you know, he certainly has the talent. But again, and the one thing we can't lose sight of, Bill, is if a general manager or personnel people miss on this choice, I don't think that their jobs aren't on the line either because, let's face it, you know, you build franchises – you do take risks, but when you know you have a guy, what I call Bill, as damaged goods, oh, I don't know. That's that's got red flag written all over it for me, Bill. So. Well, a lot of people would feel the same way you do. Uh, you know, some guys can slip through the cracks. Sometimes, actually, it turns into a positive because they never have the injury again. Right. But in this case, based on his history. Uh, now, what did you hear about, you know, what his uh, physical elements were? I know we got the hip. Uh, what else did you did, did, did you did you read about as far as uh, failing? The wrist injuries, Bill. The wrist injuries. Okay, what did you hear? Well, that's what I had heard. Okay, I I don't I didn't hear any more about that. I just know that the person that went anonymous said, you know, outside of his hip, the wrist injury. So, and if you have a wrist injury, obviously, especially a quarterback, that's a problem anyhow. So, anything that you know. So, but that was the extent of where I at. And again, I don't like anonymous sources, but. Whether you have anonymous sources or not, to me, and, and you look at his injury history, I could deal with the anonymous sources, you know what I mean, Bill, based on what we've seen in front of us. And, again, the lack of the ability to get in front of him certainly works against him this year uh, because nobody, like, you can, like you're saying, Bill, you, can't, you don't have the eye test. 
But wrist injuries, yeah. hip injuries, yeah. what else do I need to say about that? Well, the only thing I want to say is this. Okay, if I'm a general manager. Right. Okay, and I want this kid to, you know, I, want to, I want to draft a quarterback. And I think this kid is rated number one. And personally, uh, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the draft. Okay, he's got to show me that he can put a touch on the ball, that he can move around the pocket a little bit better. You know, and he doesn't have to run, but he has to be able to move around and shift in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, on the backfield back there during the pass rush, all right? And he doesn't have great speed, all right? And, uh, you know, he is injury prone. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if, if I'm, but if I really like him, and I think he's the guy that I want, I'm getting two of my, or two or three of my top scouts, mm-hmm. all right? And I'm getting in the car, and I'm driving down, and I'm going to work him out like a resource for a couple days, mm-hmm. look at the MRIs, and do everything I can to make sure that when I draft this kid, Mm-hmm. And I'm not making a mistake and getting on my face. Right. But I just think, uh, you know, it's just, for me, if I'm a general manager, uh, I'm just not sold on him being the best quarterback in the draft. I think he played with a loaded team in Alabama. That's the first thing. Right. He couldn't stay healthy. Uh, he threw a lot of balls in the flat that turns into big games because he had tremendous receivers. Right. That's uh, true. And, and a very, uh, you know, in Alabama, you know, they were loaded. So I want to see what he does when there's a level playing field. Yeah, no question about it, Bill. First of all, he had Jerry Judy and I believe Henry Ruggs as two of his targets, and I happened to see those guys play when I was over at the uh, Citrus Bowl with the Wolverines and the Crimson Tide. That's item number one. So, And I do believe that Tua is definitely a type of guy that should hold a clipboard, Bill, and should have a red shirt year. So, you know, and, and right now the NFL is a you need to win now, and I, I don't I, – I agree. I personally, if I were making a prediction, 10 to 20 is where I think I would put him in the range – that's what I would do if he if he's in the first round. Although you know who knows with the New England Patriots, possible that if he slides down that far, I don't think he gets to the Patriots anyways. I really don't. But yeah, I, I don't. But you know that would that's a team that's really in transition. That'll be for another time. But I, I'm de- I'm totally agree with you on all points. Next subject, Bill. Speaking of Tua, let's talk about uh, former Patriots quarterback. Tom Brady, his merchandise sales spiked 3,000% after the Bucks unveiled their uniforms. Brady ended up ranking second among the NFL players in merchandise sales in 2019 behind Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Well, you know, we knew full well that the Buccaneers are going to put a lot of people in the stands and the merchandise sales. But what are your thoughts about Tom Brady and the impact he's having before he even gets on the field? Well, you know, Tampa's my second home. Okay. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I used to be a Buccaneers season ticket holder when they were really, really good. Uh, and when they won the Super Bowl in 2003. Uh, the first thing that I noticed is they're just kind of going back to the jerseys that they used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 19, from 1997 to 2013. All right, and uh, the numbers are just regular, nondescript numbers. The jerseys are basically the same. All right, so that's the first thing. And that really was because the fans mm-hmm. really didn't like the old uniforms right. that they had with those, you know, with styrated numbers. Um, secondly, uh, you know, you're bringing in a guy that's the GOAT, all right, who has something to prove that needs to change his scenery. Um, I truly believe that the Buccaneers are going to be a threat to the Saints in that uh, division uh, because of the fact that they lost so many games last year, I think six or seven games by a touchdown or less. Right. And a lot of that was Jameis throwing uh, picks. Right. And I don't like how people are piling on Jameis Winston either. You know, a lot of people are saying he's a bust. That's it's crap. No, Jameis uh, can play in the league. He just needs to cut back the interceptions. And I think a change of scenery for him and getting a, with a good team. I still like the Steelers. Uh, I always think of him as a Charlie Batch type guy. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a guy like James Winston coming off the bench. Uh, the kid does have a heater. Um, you know, and he can he, he can get hot and, and carry. He's just got to be more disciplined in the pocket and stop throwing so many picks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's so hard to find quarterbacks that can play in this league that are a valuable commodity. And then when you have Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, you know, this guy sold more jerseys. You know, on the retail website, you know, in one day, yeah. in the previous 17 days combined. He also set a record for, you know, an NFL team. He's leading all sports teams in sales. All right, so this is what happens when you have, you know, you've been in the league for 20 years and you've got six Super Bowl wins. You know, your sales are going to be up from 3,000% from the previous day. So, and what I love is that this is an environment where people are sitting at home and getting restless because of the quarantine. Okay, so what better way to get a jersey delivered right to your front door? All right, so uh, nope. they're going back to the throwback culture of 97 and 2013. I think the team is going to catch fire. I like them to make the playoffs. They may not be the best team in the division against the Saints, but they're going to be right there, and it should be a lot of fun, and it's going to rock and roll Tampa, and I'll be down there for a couple games. I want to add a couple things to what you said. Number one, anybody that thinks Jameis Winston is a bust needs to have their head examined, period. Okay, he performed well again, maybe a few extra turnovers more than he wanted to, but he can play in this league, and I think he should go ahead and, you know, go to uh, hope a team like Pittsburgh snaps him up once his asking price goes down and he takes a year just to kind of chill. Because remember, not like Ben Roethlisberger is the healthiest chap on the planet either, so, you know, he could get an opportunity to play right I, away. I not to interrupt you, Scotty, you need to. If you're going to win a championship, you've got to have two quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. How many no. Super Bowls have we seen uh, from back in the days of Earl Morrow and Don Strzok and Dan Marino? Uh, you, need, you need Charlie Batch. You know, right. came off the bench a lot for the Steelers. Uh, he used to play for Detroit, too. Right. So, you know, uh, there, there's a premium on quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I like James Winston's swag. Uh, you know, I think he's been humbled a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's also in a situation right now where he's in the same boat as Camden. Well, you know, we're just going to have to wait until after the draft to see how teams fill their needs. And right. then, uh, maybe take a pay cut and, and you know, have the ability to pick a team that he wants to go to. Well, I don't think the Buccaneers have had this much publicity in their entire franchise history. But then again, when you bring in the GOAT, what do you expect? Now, a little piece of information about Charlie Batch, though, Bell. 
he was drafted by the Detroit Lions and uh, Coach Bobby Ross. So I definitely out of Eastern Michigan University. So I'm very familiar with Charlie Batch. And yes, Bill, without a doubt, the Miami Dolphins' perfect season wouldn't have been a perfect season after Bob Greasy went down if you didn't have Earl Morrill going ahead and uh, piling up those wins. And of course, you want to talk about uh, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, uh, going down to, due to an injury, then you had Tom Brady finishing the job, and again that list goes on and on. So, if I had Jameis Winston, if I had Jameis Winston as quarterback coach, the first thing that I would do is I put on the film of Charlie Batch playing quarterback for the Detroit Lions, coming down to Tampa Stadium, and I have to sit in the stands for that game. Mm-hmm. I, I think Charlie got sacked. I, I want to say literally a, a dozen times. But right. He never threw the ball away. Uh, they just punted the ball, punted the ball, punted the ball, and they pulled the game out in the fourth quarter. Right. And uh, that Jameis needs to learn that. He's trying to do too much. And I think sometimes when an organization trades you, it's the best thing that, for a player because it gets a new environment and he really hunkers down, okay, on, uh, you know, doing the little things that got him out of there before. Right. Because, he, you know, deep down he feels like he let the organization down. Wow. Uh, he didn't develop, and they gave him another year. Right. Uh, you know, and he and you know he had a, and they brought a coach in, you know, Arians, that was kind of had made a decision about it. All right, but you know, to, to lose out to Tom Brady, trust me when I tell you, you know, I, I lost my job to a guy by the name of Nate Newton. So you know, he's relative. Okay, uh, right. so you know, you, you you have to sit back and go. This is a very competitive league. Guys got a lot of talent. So I, I just think it's good for both parties, and I'm loving the culture that's going down there in Tampa right now. And um, you know, but I, I still like Jameis Winston as a quarterback. I just think that it's an upgrade for Tom Brady, and I don't think anybody can dispute that. Well, when you get it's down like to a trade for Michael Jordan, you know what I mean? it's yeah. just, you know, it is what it is. When you get down to Tampa, you will have to contact me. We'll get together there since it, you call it your second home. There's no question about that for sure. But yeah, I'll mean, no, we'll uh, be there for the Super Bowl. If not before. Oh, yeah. No worry. I, I know how to take that four-hour drive, Bill, in my sleep, so don't worry about that. So, uh, But, yeah, no, I, I think it's good. I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Jameis Winston. I really am. Two other things I want to get to tonight, Bill, okay? Emmanuel Sanders waited, uh, says he's waited uh, years to get back in a pass-happy offense. Last time he was in such an offense was when he was working with Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos. So, hey, you know what, Bill? I like it when guys are happy and they're not spouting off and they're enthusiastic about that fresh start, which a lot of guys do need a change of scenery. And Emmanuel Sanders, to me, is one of the most underrated running uh, wide receivers out there. To be the second receiver to Michael Thomas isn't the worst thing on the planet either when you got Drew Brees throwing you the football. Well, I happen to know him a little bit. He lives here in Houston. He went to SMU. So I've run into him once or twice over the years. And I watched him go out to Denver and get the money that he deserved. I was kind of surprised that, uh, you know, he was out of there after one year. But I think he's really, really happy uh, going to the Saints and playing with Breeze because as far as he's concerned, he needs to get some more touches. All right. And, uh, you know, I just am really happy for him. Uh, he's waited years to be in a pass-happy off pass, uh, offense. And uh, easy can deliver. And he's a great, great receiver. And so I'm really, really happy for him. It should be a great fit for Breeze. I'm sure Breeze is happy as heck for this guy. But you got to remember one thing, too. He's also 33 years old. So he's no spring chicken. Hey, right, listen. So this is huge for him. Let me you tell know, you. Players, uh, when they get to be that age, they want to go out a winner and, and reach their potential. He's been held back a little bit. Uh, so now he's got an opportunity to you know, get it out of his cake and eat it, too. Uh, 
You know, let me tell you, the, the attitude that Sanders has is he's figuring if, if he has about another two or three years to go, might as well go out with the best possible offense you can get. So I don't think he's really worried about the 38-33. I mean, if he's placed till 35, 36, not the worst thing on the planet. All right, final subject to get to, Bill. Hey, you know, you see, no, hold on. Okay. You know, uh, I will say, I'll add to this. Yeah. Okay. Um, Drew Brees, you know, may play another year or two. Right. Or maybe three. Uh-huh. All right, so Emmanuel's going there to pro- both of those guys are looking at prolonging each other's careers. Good point. You know, and Emmanuel Sanders can latch on to Drew Brees. And if Drew Brees keeps playing lights out, he may play another couple of years, all right, and sort of be like Brady, you know, play you know, later than a lot of people think. Same thing with, uh, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, uh, people get on this age thing, they start looking to get rid of you. Right. But with the advances in modern technology today, as far as taking care of your body and everything these players are doing, you know, Easy uh, might wind up uh, playing a lot longer because him and Drew have got a connection, and and, and also vice versa is good for Drew. So I, I'm really hoping that I see him around in Houston and see him, you know, light it up with the Saints and uh, see him a happy camper. This is a great guy, really great guy. Excellent point, Spell, with an exclamation point. Okay, now. Final subject of the night. Uh, a burger joint is actually honoring uh, Bill's wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, with four penny creations. You know, when I looked at the burger, it was a stack burger that had, like I said, the four pat And part of the stuff, and I don't want to get too much into it because I'm going to get hungry. So I only, uh, I'm going to just let people look at, at it on social media. And if you're looking for a splurge day, get a Stefan Diggs uh, <laughs> burger. Uh, we actually have a place here in Deerfield Beach called Tucker Dukes, which makes some pretty awesome hamburgers, but that's as far as I'm going to go. But just to give you a sample of what this burger has, on a, they have, it's like a bacon blue crumbled with blue cheese, thick-cut bacon, cheese creamy, uh, blue cheese spread with a demon patty. And I will say this much about it, okay? Diggs joins the ranks of Bill's players with food items named after them. So in reality, i got to tell you, Buffalo, okay, embraces their players, and uh, they traded a lot of picks to get to them. I hope that, you know, they get their return on investment instead of seeing another Herschel Walker trade where those picks amount to a Super Bowl for the Vikings. But Buffalo is not known to be a free agent hotspot. So I'm really actually happy for Stefan Diggs, and I hope he enjoys uh, the Buffalo community because I know that they embrace their heroes. Jim Kelly certainly at the top of the list. And the list goes on and on. So what are your thoughts about Stefan Diggs not only getting a burger, but the fit in Buffalo? Well, the first thing is when you break down the burger, okay, you're looking at four patties on two buns. Right. And each patty is different, represents a different kind of culture okay. as far as what people like to eat. The okay. first patty is the bacon blue, uh, the bacon blue patty, right. you know, the blue cheese and the, and the creamy blue cheese. Spread. Uh, the next one is a demon patty. Okay, that's got your jalapenos and your banana bell peppers and your cheese and garlic. You know, the third one is your Vinnie Boombach patty, you know, for the Italian guys with mozzarella cheese and pepperoni and all that. You know, bruschetta. Okay, and then you got the cowboy ups on that, on the fourth patty. It's the rodeo patty. Okay, it's got onion rings, cheese. You know, and, and, and Lounsbury brown sugar and barbecue sauce. So, you know, people are going to, I'm looking at this burger and I'm going, you know what, it's a heart attack on a bun. But the reality is I'll break down and have one of these days, you know, one of those one day when I want to have a cheat meal. 
And I love the I love the name of the burger. Can you dig it? But instead of <laughs> dig it, digs, can you dig it? So I'm sitting at a menu. Let me have a can you dig it burger. Oh my gosh! Great marketing. Yeah. Uh, I'm really really happy that he's got his own burger. Okay, he's up there with uh, you know Dion Dawkins. You know who's got his uh, mac and cheese dish at uh, at Moon Monkeys. Right. You know, restaurant in Buffalo, so he's not the only guy. Uh-huh. And uh, I think, what's the name of the hamburger place? Uh, they, 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 they had this burger, the Stack Burger. There you go. Okay, so it, it's good for everybody. Uh, <laughs> some real good publicity. They move a lot of product. Okay, and, you know, um, they're jumping in there and, and having a good, good time with it. So, I mean, uh, and, you know, we got to understand, uh, Buffalo gave up a lot for him. Oh, well, yeah. The sixth of the first round, you know, and... 2021. So you know what, Bill? I have to tell you, it's very refreshing when I see these types of stories instead of some of the obvious things they talk about. And I think the two refreshing ones that we've talked about more so tonight that I'm really happy that we did talk about is the Sanders one as well as uh, Stefan Diggs. Don't get me wrong. We have a responsibility, Bill, to go out there and talk about everything involved. But when I have an opportunity to come up with some things like this, and that really makes me feel pretty good. All right. With that said, hey, Bill. Scott, you know, uh, Scott, I'll throw this out at you, sure. too. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I had, you know, and I make this joke around that Tom Brady finally landed, you know, where I landed in the 80s with the Tampa Bay Bandits, and it's yeah. just all about lifestyle. Do you remember uh, that I used to work as a bouncer for a bunch of guys that were out of Buffalo? Right. With a nightclub and uh, a bar called uh, Mickey Rats. All right, so I have some friends up in Buffalo that I will still speak with. Mm-hmm. And I actually I was supposed to go to up a game last year. All right, but uh, they came down to Tampa for a game. Uh, this year I'm coming up. I'm going to go up to Buffalo, so I'll keep you posted. Maybe we'll do a show from uh, up there in Buffalo. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how Stefan Diggs does with the Bills. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I'd be open to the idea, Bill, of you doing a show anywhere you want in the country. That'd be pretty good stuff. I look forward to it. Uh, get these crazy loonies on there. You might think twice. Oh, uh, no, I don't think twice. So. Bills fans. I don't think twice. Uh, yeah. After all, once upon a time, I covered the Lions and the Raiders at the uh, in Oakland. And if you can handle that, then you can handle pretty much of anything. And I've been to they Philadelphia. Blowing, they were blowing up my phone when the Bills came down here to play the Texans last year. I can only imagine. That was a great, great football game. Well, imagine. All right, well, Bill, we got another minute and a half or so to go in the broadcast tonight. So this is your opportunity to let them know how to get a hold of the Wild Bill winners. Well, you can uh, – I'd love for you guys to subscribe to my YouTube channel and grow with me there. Just go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Bill Winters 55. You can go to my website where I'd love for you to read my book that I wrote back in the 80s uh, from the outhouse to the penthouse or somewhere in between. Uh, you go to BillWinners.biz. Uh, you go to Instagram, BWinners55. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Bill uh, underscore Winters55. Uh, and, of course, uh, you can find us on our show. Uh, if you go to Spotify, iHeart, or Apple, or some of the other podcast search engines, uh, you'll see our show Motormouth and Wild Bill Winters. And Motormouth is two words, ladies and gentlemen. 
and the show will come right up and you'll see our catalog of 26 shows that we've done on the South Florida Tribune, uh, South Florida Tribune Broadcasting Network. Uh, guys, I'm going to tell you this flat out. I think you'll be really happy if you grow with us. Uh, I'm listening to the competition. I don't think they're in our league. Right. I think we bring veteran veteran guys in here, and we've got a good mix of young guys, uh, so we can cover all the sports things. We won't waste your time. Get right to the dealio, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey Bill, I got to so tell you this: we opened the show, and he's going to probably you'll uh, be on the program with him down the line with a young 18-year-old sports. Ha- handicapper and this kid has an incredible way of producing winners i don't bring on i bring on young guys from time to time if the referrals it's good but we want we welcome zach hirsch to the uh, family uh today and zach to me is a young guy that we're looking forward to getting more involved so i hopefully had oh, some, yeah. i'm looking forward to having yeah, you and talk you and him talk at some point yeah scott that's where we're going yeah. uh, you know i can see us sitting in a stadium you know, four or five years from now with our smartphone and uh, doing some small gambling and playing fantasy, and they'll probably have an interactive app. All right, so technology is changing the way the youngsters are viewing sports. Uh, I'll really look forward to, to talking with him, uh, you know, regarding uh, handicapping and all those types of things. Uh, and, you know, I just think that the younger generation wants to be engaged and watch some sports and they print some Benjamins off of a smartphone while they're being entertained watching a game. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out, and that's one of the reasons why we're cutting edge. The intel that we're going to give people on our show, uh, and the ability to understand the big picture and get to there one step ahead of the competition, is why I think uh, we're going to be in the premier uh, spot when it comes to podcasts. Uh, Yeah, uh, I have no question about that too, Bill. Uh, But meanwhile, we had a great show tonight. I want to thank all of our guests tonight. Zach Hirsch, who let it off. Damon Knight, who celebrated his birthday and talked about Al Kaline. And, of course, you are my closer tonight, Bill. Once again, good job. Uh, I don't want to think about food right now because that burger does look awfully good. And I'm glad that you're the one who got writer's cramp where you're looking at something to tell me all the ingredients because I couldn't get past the first and second patty with that. But Meanwhile, I want to I, I go ahead and thank all of our guests for being on the broadcast tonight. Bill, as usual, great job. And uh, look forward to having you uh on the Sports Exchange come Tuesday night. Meanwhile, Bill, have yourself a wonderful weekend. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. And once again, folks, please be safe out there and responsible. Wear the mask and all the gloves and all the things that are necessary. It's not worth it. And we hope that you can go ahead and subscribe, listen, download the broadcast. And it's our our goal to make sure that you have the best quality entertainment out there, and I think Bill Winters can agree with that, right, Bill, as we close the broadcast. As we like to say in pro football, do your job. I can do it with a lot of love in your heart, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. All right, with that said, I can't beat this one, Bill. Good night, everybody.